You're listening to Over the Breakfast Table. Let's get it. Welcome back to Over the Breakfast Table. Slim Squad here. Only me and Ari. Julie and Ellie can't make it this week. But as you know, the show does go on. So let's jump right into it. Let's do it. We're in the middle of March Madness. Crazy tournament going on here. A lot of good stuff. Uh, let's start with this recap of this Duke-UCF game that just happened last uh, two nights ago. Unbelievable. That was an instant, instant classic of a game. You saw UCF and Duke battling the whole way. It was run after run. After, many colleges game are like that, but this game was just insane. Like Everyone's like, when is Duke going to make that final run? Because everyone's expecting them to win. So like, when are they make that final run? When are they going to do it? And then UCF went up by four. And I think the key play, just UCF not winning, was when they had they were up by four. They had a fast break, one twenty six to go, I believe. That missed dunk. And that missed alley oop. The guy he got oh the guy gosh. a little little showboaty a little too early. He tried to get flashy. He could have just caught it and put up a layup. But and they went over by six. They had defense set up. Otherwise, Cam Reddish came down the floor, nailed a three, one point game. That was my opinion. But the, even then, the, the fact that Duke won the game, I'm just gonna take you through it for a second. Zion Williamson drove it, driving in down by three. He takes it in. He. He arguably pushed off the defender who falls down, and then he goes in on Taco. It already has four fouls, and he gets that one, and they call it the foul on Taco, which is huge, because then he misses the free throw, and they're still down by one. RJ Barrett arguably pushes off again, off the defender, and gets the rebound, and picks up a layup. If Taco's in the game, I don't think that the rebound's happening. Right. And they didn't call that the push off either, and you can see Dawkins, like, he's he's like motioning his hands to the ref, like, oh, I got pushed off. So. Hey, yeah, really frustrating to see for UCF. Yeah. And then you see on the offensive side of the ball, they had a chance to win it down by one. Taylor gets the ball. You saw two plays earlier in the game where he did a similar move. Like, he was driving. He got a step on the defender. He stops for a second, and he gets bumped to the back. And they called it twice. And for some reason, the refs didn't call this one. He still almost made the shot, and then Dawkins just missed that tip. The, the ball just hung on the rim twice for a couple seconds each time. It was it was crazy the ball didn't go in the net this time. I couldn't Very believe fortunate it. for UCF. Really couldn't it's been believe it. a hell of a game. Yeah. And... Just to give credit to the whole the way the way that they played the entire game really held together. They were down the whole game, still kept on fighting, and the, as the officials, this the, the commentators were saying about the officials, it's so hard to officiate with a guy like Taco Fall, a guy like Seven Seven that's in the game. It's really hard for him. They they don't know whether to call fouls or not when he's going straight up. He's a brick wall, and you run into him, so like very very hard to call fouls. But that I think that skewed the outcome maybe a little bit. Uh, it did look like Taylor got bumped at the end on that little floater off the off the backboard. Just really unfortunate. Just a few events in a row, and it cost him the game. And uh, Zion Williamson bailed out Duke, and so did R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish. All three of them very clutch in the end, and they snuck away with it. That was just bottom line. Um, moving on to a different team, a team like Oregon that we see wins again, beats UC Irvine, and now is on to the Sweet 16, a team that... Not really most of the country saw it going to the Sweet 16, the highest seed, number 12. Um, all right, what did it say about their right. best player, Peyton Pritchard? Yeah. I just want to say something about Oregon. I think their 12 seed is deceiving. You can see they're the 12 seed, but they they kind of took care of business against Wisconsin, which many people did didn't people did predict, even them being a 12 seed and Wisconsin being a 5, and they took care of UC Irvine two nights ago. Like They took care of these teams easily as a 12 seed. I don't think they... They could have been higher, honestly. They could have been higher than a 12, just... They had a tough conference, right? Mm-hmm. So, tough play in the regular season. And you're showing right now they, they could be higher than a 12 seed. 
and now they're they're in the Sweet Sixteen. They are the highest seed. They're playing Virginia first round. This is actually the first time that uh the one, two, and three seeds from every part of the bracket have made the Sweet Sixteen. Is the second time that happened. Second time. Second time, time that happened. Yeah. So that's crazy to think that that just shows how how difficult it is to get a perfect bracket. That every single year before this, or one year, one time for the exception, that there's been a one, two, three seed out before the Sweet Sixteen, which is just two games. Right. So then. All these teams are so. Anything could happen on any given night. You see a team like Duke that's playing against a team like UC- Duke, which is the kings of ba- of college basketball, and you're playing against a team like UCF. That's just an average college basketball team. Could even be below average. And uh, a game that can't became so close like that. Just crazy. Anything could happen in any one of these games. Going so, to Peyton Pritchard. Yeah. There was a question that was going around. Is he, like Obviously, we saw the game. The games he had. Two great games as the starting point guard for Oregon. Is he NBA level? Yeah, so it's, it's a good question. And you could ask it about many players. Um, I see him being a backup point guard in the NBA. Uh, being one of those guys that can come in and shoot a couple threes. and He's a good shooter. He's fearless. Take it to the hoop strong. Um, he's a good passer. I, some of these guys, some of these point guards in the, in the NCAA could, could do it. Obviously, I think he's one of them that can, that can be in the NBA. Yeah, he reminds sure. me a lot of uh, two years ago in Villanova, Ryan Archigiacomo from Villanova with the championship team. Uh, someone like Matthew Dellavedova on the mm-hmm. Cavs now. Something like that, like a backup point guard. For sure. Any team could use him. And another player I want to talk about, if that is NBA worthy, who just played in the game, uh, Taco Fall. So you see players like Porzingis and Boban playing in the NBA right now. And I think Taco Fall can make the NBA. I mean, we'll see what he does, but I don't, he could be good. He could, uh, it's hard to tell at this point. Boomer bust. He's 7'7". Seven, seven. He gets the ball in the post, and he could just go straight up and dunk without even jumping. Right. That works in college, but that's not going to be in the NBA. Right. Very, a little bit uncoordinated and obviously not a lot of muscle mass. So. Right. He'll get, he'll get to work on that. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I still think he could be an NBA good role player. Uh, play, like, come off the bench, play 10 minutes a game. And get he gets some good boards and I don't, I clear out the paint. That's that's all they need him to do. But we'll see what happens. He's got to work on his shot though. That's one thing he for sure needs to work on. Okay, moving on here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Mike Trout with this record deal: four hundred twenty million, twelve years, with to the Angels. Crazy deal, highest one in history. Um, we'll see if it pans out though. The problem is with these huge contracts, you don't know how long a player will produce such amazing stats. He is generational talent, but Will he produce these type of stats for 12 years and lead them to a World Series? That's the question. Is the money well worth it? Or what do you yeah, think? we talked about this with Patrick Mahomes a couple weeks ago when the Chiefs were talking about offering like a, a massive contract. You see the Angels just gave Mike Trout this contract. I said before, is it worth it for Patrick Mahomes? And I said yes before after debating. And here I'm going to say yes as well with Mike Trout. They gave him a contract, one of the biggest ever. But you said we talked about John Carlos Stanton. The Yankees gave him a chance. Hasn't really panned out yet for them how these hoped, but... If when you see a player like this, Mike Trout, the Angels obviously believe that he is their future and all their future, and they want to build the team for the next ten plus years around him, him only. Right. They're gonna surround him with with players that they they think they can win now, and maybe not now, maybe a couple of years, but they think they can win within the next couple of years with him. That's why they're making this contract, and I absolutely agree with them. Yeah. You get a player like this, you can't let him go. Good stuff. Yeah. Moving over to the NFL real quick. Um. Rob Gronkowski renouncing his retirement, a little crazy for the Patriots. Totally saw some reports that they were in shock, did not see it coming. 
Um, we had a fan question. If Bill Belichick retires, will Tom Brady also go out with him? What's already think? Yeah, I, I think this is just the first step of the end of the Patriots era. Gronk retiring, and then I would say in two years, like Brady or Belichick will retire, and then they'll retire in the same year. So, right. Dolphins, Jets, and Bills fans, this is you're almost your time. Yeah, we'll see that. The AFC East is going to be wide open, and so is the NFL. So uh, that that should that should be very exciting for NFL fans once Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are gone. Um, just quickly, we're going to do our hot takes. Sorry, let's start with you. What's your hot take this week? Hot take is, I know a lot of people will not be happy with this hot take, but I have Duke going out this round to Virginia Tech and Buzzy Williams. I love the way Virginia Tech played in the first two rounds, and I see it, Duke going out after wow. a hard-fought battle with Virginia Tech in overtime. Wow. That's going to be an exciting game. Can't wait for that one. Uh, my hot take... What was my hot take? Oh, yes. My hot take is the the Texas Tech Red Raiders will win the national championship. That is right. They will take down um, Duke. I, if that's possible. I, I, didn't, I'm not, I don't have a bracket in front of me. But they will win the championship. I don't know who it will be against. But all the number one seeds will be out. And... Another hot take, another quick little hot take. Only one, only one of the number one seeds will be in the final four. That's my hot take. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Should be very exciting. Can't wait for the rest of the tournament. Um, just quickly to introduce a new segment. We have this new thing that we pick once. We're gonna pick one play of the week that we think is the best play, and it will be posted below on the WhatsApp chat. Of, of our favorite play, Ari, run us through the run through the play that, that yeah, we have for this, this week. This week we chose the play in Toronto, Jeremy Lamb hitting a half court buzzer beater for the win. Uh, you gotta check it out for yourself. You'll see it. Yeah, check it out. It's gonna be unbelievable. Every single week, new video. You're gonna love it. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll see you back next week on Over the Breakfast Table.